Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Hi, Sue. Hi, Tom. So we're back together again. We are. Becoming quite the duo. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so another podcast. And we've been talking, you and I, about a lot around the debrief of the Lifestyles Inventory. And we, we talked on the last one about calling it by the full name. Yes. So it's not just the LSI, it's, it's about life. You carry your head on your shoulders around 24-7. What I want to do in this, so a lot of those were about, you know, how do you debrief this person? How do you do that? As a participant, if I've just been through an LSI debrief, I've got my results, I've talked about some actions and stuff. Now I'm coming back into the workplace. What are some of the conversations I might need to have or perhaps you know, want to have back in the workplace and how do I go about doing those? Do you have any thoughts around that? Mm, I do. So I guess the first thing is that the results are theirs mm. and they may not want to have any conversation with anybody. So that is the first thing that we have to acknowledge, the confidentiality of those results. And it's entirely up to them who they share those results with and how they share their results, whether they actually show the report, mm. whether they show just the circumplex, whether they in fact don't show anything but have a conversation. So mm. I perhaps can speak to each of those separately. Mm. Mm. And just on, on that point, because it's, it's a great point actually, and it's really important to ask the integrity of that, that your report is your report, mm. where we won't send it to the boss. And anyone internal that does receive reports, they have to sign a, a deed and so on around ethics. They do. It's, it's part of their accreditation deed. So it's and we're bound important. by the same ethical responsibilities yeah. as well. And, and the reason for that is because we don't want it to, it's about genuine development. And so people shouldn't be thinking, oh, so-and-so might read it or something or whatever. So that's not the point. So it's for you. It's information for you to grow and develop. Absolutely. So it's purely a developmental tool. That's what it was designed for. That's what Clay designed it for. Mm. And Rob, when the LSI2 was introduced and not to be used for any other purpose, which is part and parcel of what people are signing to when they sign the accreditation mm. deed as well. Perfect. So so you talked about, yeah, it's, it's theirs to do what they want. So that may mean sharing it. It may mean just talking to insights and so on. Mm -hmm. So what are the conversations they might want or need to have and with whom and so on. So. Mm. so let's say in one of our previous podcasts, we looked at a defensive LSI1 and a constructive LSI2. Mm. Let's say they are, no, let's do the opposite. Let's look at a constructive LSI1 and a defensive LSI2 and they were surprised okay. by that. It's probably easier. Yep. Yep. What they might want to do is have some conversations with the people who gave them feedback. If they remember, we talked about asking them for examples of conversations or interactions with the people who gave them feedback that perhaps they've interpreted as coming from one of those defensive styles. Right. So, so, so to actually have those conversations. Yeah. So I was just going to just recalling if people haven't listened to the other episode, we, we talked about during the debrief, asking the person to identify how, how do you think people might have seen you show up? What are some situations where they might have seen a defensive 
um, reaction behavior or, behavior. or reaction mm. compared to your constructive intent, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so engaging with those so groupings of people, let's kick off with a high-level manager, mm. I guess. Mm. That can be a big reaction point mm. in the LSI too mm. as well, particularly if the feedback is not what they're expecting to see, mm. which sometimes speaks much more to the, the relationship. Fact, the, the fact that the high-level manager may have been avoiding having the conversation mm, with very them. Very true. However, let's say they've got this feedback from their high-level manager and they've been surprised by it. Mm. So let's say they were low in achievement from their high-level manager and high independent, and that surprised them mm. a great deal. Saying Asking their high-level manager why they scored them so low in achievement is not helpful <laughs> because all that is going to do is set up a defensive. Tell me the truth. Yes. <laughs> why am I so low in achievement yeah. in your view? Yeah. It's just going to set up a defensive reaction, so it's not mm. helpful. What they need to have is a learning conversation. Mm. And so thinking about what do they want to say using I statements probably. So I'd be really, an example, I'd be really interested to know what you would see as strength in achievement for me mm. might be a question that they could ask. Notice that they've, they've used an I statement mm. and they're asking for more information as opposed to pointing the finger and saying, you marked me really low in achievement mm. sort of thing. Mm. So how they have those conversations, how they invite more information is a really important part of the process as well. Mm. So it's exploring it rather than interrogating it yes. or something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if they come from a really defensive place, mm. which is interesting in itself, then all that's likely to happen is they're just reinforcing what was there anyway. What are they learning mm. from that? So it's very important that they think about what they want to say. And I often will give people the opportunity to practice with me in the debrief if they're feeling apprehensive maybe Uh. about having that conversation. Imagine I'm your boss. So Uh. really, really into coaching mode. Imagine I'm the boss and this is the feedback you've received from me in my breakout report. What do you want to say to Uh. me? And let them hear that conversation. What happens with people, you know, if you're holding something that you're concerned about in your head and it's just going round and round and round and round, you open your mouth, it comes out, it's not the way you want it to be. Yeah. And you're busy pulling it back, trying to pull it back. Whereas if you practice it, if you say it out loud, what happens is it starts to have more sense and meaning and you can hear what it sounds like uh, as well. Plus you've got the opportunity of getting some feedback from your debriefer on do you know if you asked me that I might feel a little defensive. So what's another uh, way that you could reframe that and perhaps we could explore it differently. Yeah, I find that all the time for myself. Like you've got mm. something in your head mm. and it makes sense and stuff. And then when you go to actually articulate it and you think you have articulated it in mm. your head, but you actually haven't. Because when you go to say it, it doesn't come out no, right or whatever. And you're like, oh, that was strange. Mm. So, yeah, so it's actually practice it. Mm-hmm. So practice what you're going to ask. Yes, and, and let, yourself, let your system hear it. Mm. 
And so what kind of question would you be asking of a high-level manager? Particularly, I guess, it's the situation. Well, it could be whatever their feedback. Mm. It's worth a conversation. It is. So I let's stick with achievement for the time being. Uh-huh. I would want to know what their expectations are. I would want to know what their priorities are. I'm really interested to know whether our priorities are the same. So that would notice it's a nice statement again. I'm really interested in knowing whether our priorities are the same. My understanding of my priorities at the moment are this, 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 and this. Is Mm. that aligned with yours? What's threatening about that conversation? Nothing. No. No. So it's bringing that spirit of inquiry Mm. and curiosity to the conversation as opposed to, why did you say that to me? Mm. Sort of thing. Mm. And so part of that is how you receive feedback, I suppose. Yes. Because part of it is, do you see it as a chance to grow and develop? Mm-hmm. Or do you see it as, as a, a criticism? Criticism mm. and so on. So what's some ways you can sort of prepare your mindset, I suppose? So how you're going into that conversation. Mm-hmm. So firstly, do you want to have conversations oh, good, at all? Yeah, good question. With the people that have given you feedback? very telling. If the answer is no, why not? Mm. And it could be, especially if you got really defensive feedback saying that you have don't have a good relationship with your manager, mm-hmm. for instance, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you should be able to see that at a glance in the back of the LSI one in the satisfaction items where it mm. talks to relationship with superiors at work. Mm. So it should be showing up there if there's an issue. Mm. The other thing to remember, of course, when you've got a high-level manager breakout, that is one person. So you are going to have their filter showing up more clearly yeah. than you do in a normal breakout where you've got a minimum of three. Mm. So with with that person, if I'm going in, so I'm going to try and have a, a curious conversation. What's your view on, I know we talked at the start, like your data is yours. How would it be different if we wanted to, show our report versus talk about the insights. Hmm. Well, it's a pretty courageous thing to show the whole report mm. and to perhaps explore it right down to item by item level as well. And there might be there might be things that have shown up in the LSI2, let's say we're still talking about uh, defensive LSI2, where you might just pick an item. Mm. And you might have a big ticket item that's shown up for you or you consider it a big ticket item Mm. and you might just seek feedback on that item. Can you help grow my awareness of how this particular item is showing up and give me some feedback when you notice it Mm. from me, for example? What about Sue? I was just thinking, you know, in taking feedback, so when you're going into this conversation, going in without trying to defend or justify mm. points because I, I feel like people could get into that, right? So why did you uh, – let me understand why, you know, you gave me a one or a zero for this or something. Mm-hmm. Or I did because of this. Yeah, but that's because I, I have to do that because of, you know, this project you've given me or something. Is there anything around, like, how do you receive feedback, I suppose, for people? Yes, there is. Being open to feedback and being – and defending against feedback, I mean, obviously, if there's a high degree of sensitivity to feedback, and it takes courage to have those sort of conversations. It takes courage to be open to feedback. It takes courage to want to grow and change. Mm. Mm. But people can, do you know? I have a 
an absolute faith in the ability of humans to change if they want to do the work. Uh-huh. But it takes work uh-huh. and it does take courage uh-huh. and it takes open conversations and it takes a willingness and a commitment to listen, to learn, to grow, to act. Do you know, it's, it's going through that whole AAA model, awareness, acceptance, action. Mm. And sometimes some of the things that you hear might be hard might be hard for people to hear some of the feedback that they get. But if they're able to approach it as a learning opportunity and a growth opportunity, then back to that cost and benefit. What's the cost to them? What's the benefit of doing it differently? And in their LSI too, what's the cost to others? And what's Mm. the benefit of doing that differently? And so it's, I can see there's there's a huge part to play in, I guess, being aware of yourself in that moment and remaining open to feedback without trying to close it down and justify it and mm. all that stuff, which can be difficult, let's be honest. It can be. So I'm just thinking about the conventional style at the moment. So you know, items at the top of the table are things like inconsistent, often uncertain, indecisive. You know, that can be pretty hard feedback mm. for somebody to hear if they've received that feedback. Mm. But if they're willing to invite examples of that or somebody drawing their attention to that if when they see that showing up that helps them understand how that's showing up Uh. what are they saying how are they saying it that gives people that impression Uh. of their behavior and so all of that is is just another growth opportunity presented but they have to be open to it and i think the interesting thing with feedback is they have that view whether you asked for it or not so (laughs) you're better to get it out on the table and talk about it than uh, pretend it didn't exist or something. Mm, so, you mm. know, because otherwise nothing changes. So get it out there and have that conversation. Who else should I be thinking about having a conversation with or or doing differently after a debrief? Anybody that's given you feedback would be worthy of consideration because particularly if you've got, let's say you've got a breakout report of five people Mm. they might have experienced you differently. So the feedback you get from those individuals might be a little different as well. So that adds another level of complexity to Mm. the feedback and things for you to consider. It also helps you recognize whether or not you do show up consistently within a grouping. Mm. And there'll always be differences because there's always different dynamics between people. Sometimes there can be some interesting things. So Let's talk about perfectionistic as a style, for example, in the LSI 2. You can get a strong extension in perfectionistic for a couple of different reasons. One of those might be that you are the micromanager from hell who is giving all of your direct reports the message that what you do for me is not good enough, which is incredibly demoralizing. You'll hear them often say things like, oh, I have much higher standards than other people. Yeah, yep. you know? I've got really high standards. Yeah, so <laughs> the obvious question is why? Why are your standards much higher than other people's? What about them makes them higher standards than other people? So, you know, lots of opportunities for questioning present there. But it's not, that's not the only reason that you might see a strong extension in perfectionistic. It might be that the people who've given feedback constantly hear you being critical of yourself. Mm. So they might hear you being really hard on yourself 
setting unrealistically high standards for yourself, Mm. not for them. Mm. And that means that you can get a really strong extension in the perfectionistic style as well. So having those conversations can be really, really important. Yeah, because it can change the lens. It can change Mm. the lens. Mm. Yeah, it can change the lens. Yeah. The other thing I think is the strength. So I think there's a real power in using the report and now people might not be comfortable with that. But what I do think is in some ways being able to speak to data actually allows people to explore things they otherwise might not. Because if if you come to me and say, you know, Dominic, I want some feedback on, you know, how I'm performing or something, and I might be like, you know, Sue's, uh, you know, indecisive we had earlier, right? Indecisive. But I might, because of my own LSI and so on, my own thinking and behavior, I might not feel so comfortable to just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But instead, if, if you show me the report, yeah, I scored on these things, I'd be interested in some feedback on this. And if it's there, it's like, oh, well, that could show up because of this and this. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a less threatening way that I can actually give you feedback on it without feeling like I'm lobbing a hand grenade your way. Yes, exactly right. Yes, mm. I think it does take a little of the tension, if you like, mm. out of the potential <laughs> mm. of, of, as you say, throwing in the hand grenade. I think, mm. I think it can be really helpful mm. to lead the discussion. And don't forget that if we're talking about LSI too, you're looking at items in the in the delta column where people have given themselves where they've been given a, a minus score. Mm. So where they're weaker in that particular item than the middle score of the norming group, mm. or if it's in a defensive style, a positive score where they're stronger than the middle score of the norming mm. group mm. in that particular item, mm. and so they can be surprised sometimes mm. by that. Mm. by what's actually sitting there. And so using the data can be really, really helpful in asking for examples. Yeah, As you say, if they're unable to come up with examples, as we discussed before with the LSI1 debrief, and then integrating the two, can you give me examples of how people, why people might be interpreting? If they can't come up with examples with the two, then it's really, really important to use the data to inform those discussions with people who've given feedback. Yeah, building that acceptance, uh, yeah. that awareness and acceptance. Awareness and acceptance, yeah. Mm, mm. Yep. Fantastic. Are there any other conversations or anything we should keep in mind? I think that, uh, yes, actually, your own self-talk mm. post-debrief. Mm. And that's really important as well because – How are you reacting to the feedback? What conversations are you having with yourself? Are you moving towards acceptance or are you busy defending particular items or particular styles? Mm. So I think that conversation, that narrative with yourself is really important post-debrief and perhaps journaling can be really helpful Mm. in that regard. Mm particularly if you get surprised by some of the things that you're telling yourself. Ah. I hear people say things like, oh, some, I'm having a difficult time with some of the people that I asked <laughs> to ah. give me feedback. Yeah, And then I can only assume that they go away back into the workplace and 
collect evidence for themselves on how difficult that relationship right. is so a that little, they can, you know. A little confirmation bias. A little bit of, yeah. yeah, a little bit of bias there and I'll just sit in denial because, you know, they've contributed uh-huh. and I can tell that that's obviously had an impact. So, yeah, conversation with yourself is really important. Mm. Trying to get clarity around differences in how you're showing up with different groups of people, very important mm. as well. What am I saying and doing differently mm. between those groups? Really, really important. Very strong helper with increasing awareness, but also not biting off more than you can chew. Do you know? Don't boil the ocean. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being kind to yourself along the way as yeah. well and recognizing that there is a lot of information in these reports. And this is not something that just happens overnight. Mm. And some people will process very slowly. Mm. I guess to give you extremes, I remember a participant who turned, turned up for a debrief once with a three-page action plan written. Right. And they had chosen three styles that they wanted to work on. They had set three goals within each style that uh-huh. they wanted to work on. Uh-huh. And that was them arriving for their debrief. Yeah, that right. was before they had their debrief. Wow. On the other hand, you have participants and people who turn up with no report. Yeah. That. <laughs> or not having looked at it. <laughs> yeah. Between receiving it or if they're coming back for a second debrief or something. Yes, a second debrief they've put off, put off, put off. They've mm. perhaps delayed, they've cancelled, they've mm, mm, <laughs> deferred. Mm, mm. It's all very telling. All of it just adds to the picture and gives you another opportunity for the conversation and exploration. Mm. I love it. So basically following a debrief, if I'm a participant, there's conversations that you, know, you probably want to have or, or maybe need to have mm-hmm. <laughs> in the organization. You know, or don't want to have or, or need to have. <laughs> or don't want to have but need to have. Yeah. And it's approaching them with a constructive mindset, right? With mm. a growth mindset of, okay, how can I help me learn, help me understand so I can kind of name it and therefore recognize it and mm. build that awareness of, of maybe how people are experiencing me and it may be different and all that kind of stuff. But also not forgetting the conversation with yourself. Mm. So I really like that at the end because I think sometimes we do overlook that, especially with, you know, LSI too. I think we're all fascinated by what other people think of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we love <laughs> getting in people's heads or whatever, but not forgetting that we need to think about how the conversation we're having with ourselves post debrief and, and noticing that and where we're at. Really, really important because the tendency can be that this incredible jewel of an opportunity gets consumed in the busyness of the day-to-day when you get back to the workplace. Mm. And sitting with that growth mindset and that willingness to learn means that even in the busyness of the day-to-day, you can continue to grow awareness because you'll start to notice. Mm. It's You move into a witness state where you start, you'll catch yourself Mm. talking from a particular style and go, oh, okay, now I get I just now I, I <laughs> just I just heard that. Yeah. Do you know? I, yeah. I have a I have a, a very strong recollection of uh, a presentation from a member of a senior leadership group to to a team that were being put through the LSI mm. and he made himself so vulnerable, do you know? He came into that group, he bought 
copies of his one and two. He handed them out. He said, many of you have worked with me over the years. This LSI 2 won't be a surprise to you. The LSI 1 might be. Mm. These are the things I've learned. This is the thing I decided. This is the thing I've decided I need to work on more than anything. And he was in a very senior position. And he said, I recognize that by virtue of my senior position, people expect me to have a lot to say. And because I spend so much time filling up the space with what I say, I don't listen very well. Mm. And so his key action was to listen. And he was willing to be vulnerable and tell people that. And I had a conversation with him later in the day and thanked him, you know, for Mm. being willing to be so vulnerable and how powerful Mm. it was and the impact that it had. And I asked him, how do you remind yourself to listen just as a matter of interest? And he sent me a photograph that he took on his phone and he was his computer and around his computer he had different coloured post-it notes and on every one he had listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen again, listen some more, listen. Yeah, love it. And asked me to show it to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, great. Mm. It's, it's one, sometimes I suggest to people we've got the LSI profile cards yes. that you put in. And so you can put them into the folder, but sometimes I suggest people like tape one to their monitor or something. Yes. If, if you're working yes. on humanistic encouraging or whatever it is, tape it to your monitor because it's just a visual clue it cue is. To, um, to remember. Mm. And so it could be a word, it could be a theme, it could be a style. Mm. You know, just I think not overloading as well. That's another thing, one thing at a time, step by step, mm. Mm. you know, not trying to do it all at once. You'll often find that people that have got strong extensions and perfection want to do it all. all. (laughs) And in fact, for them, the action might be do less. Mm. Love it. Mm. Do less. So, yeah, it's it's a great process. And as I said earlier, I just, in in an earlier podcast, there's such elegant diagnostics and weaving the threads between them, the story, letting the story bring the data to life, being willing to understand and see what learning opportunities present and then doing something with it can only be of benefit. Love it. That's a great note to end on. So, Okay. I hope that's useful for anyone who's just been through an LSI debrief. Keep those, how to approach those conversations in mind and, and keep the conversation with yourself in mind. Thanks for your time today, Sue. You're welcome, Dom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.